This is Andy. And this is Matt. And you're listening to The Hop Podcast with No Name. What a dumb name. It's so stupid. <laughs> stupid. And we're off. <laughs> Don't, why are you, why are you giggling already? Okay. Uh, we are, we're ready to get started. Episode 21. 21. What are we doing here in episode yes, 21? This is, okay. If you're just tuning in, <laughs> we are uh, kind of doing a bit of devil, devil's advocate training. Yes. Well, like a, a mini series about. No, you said we weren't allowed to do any more mini series. So don't call <laughs> don't that call first. Of all. all right. Okay. okay. Uh, it's a, essentially a, a grouping of podcast episodes. There you go. There you go. Got it in one. About any potential pushback questions that leadership teams or otherwise people in general have during the adoption of hop concepts after the adoption of hop concepts during the adoption, <laughs> all, yeah, of it, yeah. all of it. Yeah. And, uh, the goal being, you know, we would share some of the common objections that we heard mm -hmm. and in our typical fashion, we would give homework mm -hmm. for people, but that homework was just to simply send us questions that either they're getting or they have, yes. uh, about starting this wonderful journey. <laughs> So did we, did anyone do their homework? We, we did. We, we got, we got some homework. Okay. We received, we received homework. Um, answers, I get questions. I don't know. How would you say that? We received homework, homework. from people that was questions for us to answer. That's uh, like reverse homework. Yeah, there it, it is. Uh, and so we, we got, we got one to go off of today. All That's right. It's a big one. Then tell me about it. Are you ready? No. Are you buckled in? Nope. Okay. Um, I'm going to paraphrase a bit just to, to keep it anonymous. But the question was really, you know, it, it was a pushback from a leader mm -hmm. saying, you're saying if we implement hop, we're, we might not or probably won't even see a reduction in recordable rate or reduction in events. Why would we do that? Mm, so if we're not even going to see fewer injuries or fewer events, events. safety related, yeah, quality, whatever. Yeah. Why, why bother? Why? Why, why do it? And that's yeah, a, that's a great question. I mean, it was definitely a question I had when I started <laughs> doing this little stuff. I was like, okay, there's gotta be a, a really simple, neat, easy purpose for all this stuff. Right. And it'd be lovely if it was the, if the simple answer was, well, you know, two years after adoption, you'll see a 33% yeah. decrease in injury rate. I feel like you're doing like a I was trying to do an infomercial. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was <laughs> for like a vitamin. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, so that I, it is it is a great question. Yes, and it's something that we we'll, we can spend a lot of time on. We probably could. Yeah. We're going to try to make it as simple and digestible as possible, though, because that's the whole point of this non mini series grouping of episodes. Simple and digestible as possible, which will probably sound something like, "Here's why this is the answer, and here's the answer you can go and say to that question." Yeah, right. So it's going to be some thoughts around what the logic is to give an answer, but yep. then we'll try to keep the answer tight. Right. Like a tight stand-up set. <laughs> tight five. <laughs> tight five. So we're going to do Tight, that. tight 30 seconds. Tight yeah. 15 seconds. I don't know. I don't Elevator know. pitch. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so we, I mean, I 
really enjoyed the question because it's what I had coming outside of safety mm-hmm. and industry and being relatively sold on the topic from you, just like how important it was. And my first thought was like being a, an ex salesperson, like, okay, this is it. This is the hook, right? This is what, this is the thing <laughs> we're going to say, which is something like, yeah, because after two years you see at 33%, 33% reduction <laughs> in uh, your recordable rate and your serious near misses go to like, right. I thought it was be something like that. And it's, and it's, not, it's not directly. No. Which, well, which, actually, if we're just talking about injury rates, usually you see the opposite within a two year period of time, see a 33% yeah, increase in your, yeah. um, which anecdotally is true in many of the organizations that have adopted these concepts and, the reason we believe it's true and the reason that the folks executing the work who are getting injured tell us is because that they're telling us about more of the events that are happening. So it's not that more events are happening. It's that we're aware of more of them. Um, yeah. I had to come to terms with that. Yeah. I was like, okay, so the rate's going to go up, but it doesn't mean that more people actually got injured. Yeah. It just means that we're aware of more Injuries. More injuries, yeah. Or in this case, injuries, right? We talked about everything, quality and everything else, but yes. Yeah. So so that's that's not the number that we're going to be looking at and feeling good about. So so let's uh, let's break this down, this thought process of, okay, well, if that's, if that's not what I'm going to see an improvement around, why from a business perspective would I want to be doing this? And we talked last episode about a business case, right, of yep. solving the, the real problems. But in, in this case, um, there's, I think, more to the story of what we're focusing on and what changes that's important. Because ultimately what is changing is that we are getting a step change better in all of our risk assurance processes. Which is not something I had ever heard of prior <laughs> to May of 2000. <laughs> Was it 21, 22? Yeah, whatever that was. Yeah. I'd never heard about that. Yeah. I had to ask you all the time, what does assurance, what does assurance mean? And I was like, it's assur- you're yeah, assuring. Like you, it's like when you you're tell me uh, I did a good like, job. You're like, insuring? No, you're assuring. Yeah. <laughs> like Geico? Like, or like- yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think every company, probably their terminology is a little bit different. So we'll try to make sure that we all know that we're talking about the same thing. But most organizations have a series of assurance activities, processes, teams, and it is an attempt to assure the company, right, leadership teams of the company, that that we're doing what we need to do in order to get the results that we've promised our customers. So oftentimes, like the QA department, the quality assurance department, their job is to make sure internally and externally we are creating whatever our product is with the specifications that we have said our product demands or that our customers demand of our product. But there's other assurance teams and there's governance teams and and there's processes around all of that in order to make sure that from a safety perspective or from a quality perspective or from a compliance perspective in all of those different spaces that we are doing what we said we are going to do with the belief, expectation, and assuring that the output is what we've said we will have, whether that's from a quality perspective or a safety perspective. Um, so terminology might change from company to company, how many different types of teams might change from company to company, the way that 
the assurance processes processes work might change from company to company, but they all have them in one shape or another. Okay. And so it's typically, if I understand, leadership wants to, they can't be everywhere at once. Correct. And they want to just know that, hey, we're doing what we say we're doing as a company. Yes. As do the customers yes. in terms of, yeah, we got to create what we said we were going to create when we said we were going to do it to the specifications we said we would, period. And now we're <laughs> going to improve on that. Yeah, so if you want to think about Hop from a perspective outside of just focusing on an injury rate and, and why we would be doing any of this, it is in order to have a different way of looking at our assurance process, recognizing because of all the complexity discussions that we've had in past episodes, that the ingredients for bad things to happen, and in this case, let's um, think about catastrophically bad things, right? So operational upsets, uh, large events in which we're talking about loss of life or loss of asset, that the ingredients for those types of events to occur exist now, that they are living in the process. There's brittleness in how we're doing our work. There are things that people are adapting to, adjusting around that when put together can cause catastrophic outcome. And historically, a big piece of why we would have any assurance process was to identify gaps to prevent those things from happening. And the way that we would do the assurance, right, if we're thinking about historically, at least in the world that I came from, is we would have some sort of standard that we would have set, whether we're talking from a quality perspective or a safety perspective. And the assurance processes in part were to find whether or not we were meeting that standard and to close the gap if we weren't. And so very much thinking about it from a black line of this is what we're supposed to be doing and a blue line of this is what is happening. But then the way that we would approach making change was to always try to make the blue line and the black line the same. We're going to close the gap. We're going to find the audit issue. We're going to identify it and we're going to close it. So there's very drift centric, right? We were, we, yeah. the blue line was just peeling away, peeling from away that from that black, black line, line and Absolutely. we needed the, to, to get them back on what we believed AKA the black line was the right way to do the job. Right. So once again, if we're trying to put that into sort of hop language, we might think about it as we are picturing the entire organization as that ordered system. And there was a perfectly right way to do it. That was followable every time. And so therefore we needed to make sure that people were executing in that way in order to allow us to either create product the way that we had promised we'd create product or make sure that people are going home, you know, without having any type of injury to them. So in this hop space, we're taking that ordered system assurance mentality and layering on top of it the recognition that we're actually in a complex system, which means the way that we would be asking questions would be different. What we'd be looking for might change. The types of solution sets we might put in place would be very different. And all of that allows us to start to see this really intricate 
web of, of ingredients of the things that can cause a really, really bad day, we can see it differently than we could with most historic assurance processes, which allows us to do something, right? So it's not that we just see it and then we don't do anything. We see it, we recognize that we have some brittleness in our system that on a really bad day could cause catastrophic result and we design it differently, we execute it differently, we change something, but we change it and we can change it in a proactive manner. So I guess in my mind, if I'm sitting at a leadership team table and I'm trying to figure out, is the juice worth the squeeze? I think that's a Todd Conklin uh, a slide. Actually, if I remember correctly, he's got, he's, he literally squeeze? has a, a picture <laughs> of a picture of an orange on a slide. So um, is the juice worth the squeeze? The question I'm really asking myself is, is, is changing how we're doing our assurance processes worth being able to catch things proactively that we can design differently in order to prevent catastrophic outcome? And I, in my mind, yes, absolutely. Especially because a lot of the change upfront has to do with a change in thought process and a change in the way that we're having conversation. And that's a, that's a fairly reasonable thing for us to be looking to change. On the backside, the design piece of it, right? Designing to mitigate for some of the things that we learn about, that can be harder. But also we're really, really good at solving problems as humans when we can agree on what the problem is. Yeah, I, I, I would sleep better at night knowing that we're learning better information yeah. It was the U.S. Navy, right? They had the, the their motto is get real, get better. One of their, I'm sure they have many mottos. <laughs> let's no, let's, let's, let's not pretend <laughs> exclusively. <have> <laughs> but the U.S. Navy has one of their many mottos is get real, get better. And I think this is the get real space, allowing us to have different types of conversation, different assurance processes to get realer in order to allow us to get better. -er. Yeah. I, I think if, uh, if you're playing 2024, cause it's a new year mm. bingo oh. uh, for the podcast. Yes. And you had, um, we have to realize that we actually operate in a complex adaptive system on there. <laughs> <laughs> Said it already. It's going to be maybe this episode or the next episode. It, it just seems like it always comes up in these conversations because we we really have just done so much over a long period of time in industry and in any business to try to take something that is incredibly complex and make it very simple. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we create conditions like you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And it's that realization that constantly comes up again and again and again as to why a change needs to happen because doing what we've been doing will get us what we've been getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the people that are doing the work and know where these adaptations need to happen are the same people that could be in harm's way mm-hmm. when something happens. And so getting their input as to what is happening is crucial. Yeah. All right. So if we had to summarize it in this tiny, you got like 15 seconds with a leader who's pushing back. I mean, I imagine let's, we could, yeah. But, in I in mean, a conversation, in you, a conversation. you wouldn't say, hold on a second. Hold on. And then <laughs> hold you would on. Just let's get in this play. elevator. 
listen to this and just stare at them for now 15 <laughs> minutes and 35 seconds of us recording. Did you get it? Did you get Did it? Did you get it? <laughs> okay. So, so you got 15 seconds and the pushback is, hey, if we're not going to see a decrease in injury rates, why, why would we even do this? The answer is we will see a step change in our assurance processes, which can allow us to get ahead of things. And then if you have to go prove that to someone, the thing that comes to mind that I did fairly on in, in my own sort of adoption of these hop concepts was, I believe it originally came from Dr. Todd Conklin. It's called like the index card process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might've even mentioned it on a previous episode. Um, but we had, um, we had an all employee meeting and I just handed out an index card to each person. And I just asked them to write down without thinking about it too deeply, just where the next injury would happen or what process the next injury would happen during. And then we brought all that together. We looked at it and we did some operational learning around what we found. And we found very different things than we had historically found in our audits or any of our assurance processes. And that type, that's like a tiny tidbit of like how you would operationally learn I think that's the thing I would try to go get permission to go do if I was going to explain and be able to show to a leader that what we learn is different than what we've done historically. That might be what I'd ask permission to do. Seems very simple when you say it like that. Just <laughs> give me a stack of you know, index cards or whatever and I'm yeah. going to pass them out. And I'm going to, sh- I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you got to have the right environment. You got to mm-hmm. just let it be anonymous. There's a lot of things that go into it, but that's different information than what we've yeah. been getting. Yep. Anyway, I hope that helps. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and I think the way we're going to keep approaching this is keep sending your questions. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to try the index card process for your homework, we'd love to hear it's about not it. the worst thing you could try. <laughs> we'd love yeah. to hear about it. And you can yeah. tell us how it goes. We'd love to hear that cool. for sure. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Well, that's it. Yep. Another one in the books. <laughs> we did it. If you uh, want to send us any of your thoughts, actually fling us any of your thoughts, you can do so at the website www.hoppodcast.com. That's H-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. That's still such a stupid name. <laughs> it's such a stupid name. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.